Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you, Randy? I'm doing fabulous. Um, we have a great show today. We are going to be interviewing all of the 2017 FPAW winners from Udina, Italy. So uh, excited to have this opportunity to do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Udina, Italy had some amazing freestyle play. We ended up indoors, and I think that just elevated everyone's game. And uh, all the videos are up online, and so now we get to talk to the winners and see what the experience was like from their perspective. It's pretty yeah, awesome. I agree. I agree. So let's just get on with this. And uh, our first group up is the co-op champs of Christian Lamrid, Florian Hess, and Alex Lice. Congratulations on your victory in defending your title, guys. Yeah, thank you, Randy. Yes. Thank you, Jake. Hey. Thank you. So uh, let's just start off and ask you guys, what did this win mean to you? It's your second one. So what was it like winning again? And what was it like winning with your, your team and as partners? Alex, again. why don't we have you start that? Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, uh, great. It was still uh, I don't know if it was more tension or same than last time because uh, we had a lot of uh, pressure from ourselves and also from a lot of people around us so that they thought we have to bring it home again, but it's not that easy as you know. And so it was uh, yeah, very special for us yeah that's interesting did you find that it was more challenging trying to defend like you say there was more tension so you felt like there was more pressure yeah maybe yeah maybe a little bit but somehow it also gives you a little bit of uh, uh, um, confidence if you already got it once because before last year i mean we could never really believe this was ha would happen so this time we had a little bit of more confidence i think but however pressure is still very high yeah, it's an interesting mix of feeling that confidence, yet also the pressure to to do it again. How about you, Flo? How did you? How are how are you feeling about this victory? Yeah, I was um, very surprised that we all of our work get recognized, and because we we really trained a lot for that routine again, I was very happy. But I guess that feeling of the first world uh, title is um this, this is not a comparable like it, last year in new york city that was something special to getting the first time world champions this time it was wow we, we did it again it was great but you know also the also our friends or families when we came home and we said ah oh, we we did it again we are world champions and everybody said yeah cool congratulations but we know you are world champions it's not that it's not it's it's not the same than getting the first time world champion it's, yeah oh you've already done that so what, yeah. what's new <laughs> yeah, they expected everything everybody was expecting that we came home with the world uh, title and and didn't recognize how how um, hard it is to get it also, one week after that, I have kind of depressions when I came home 
because then it suddenly everything was done. The the whole um, the season was 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 done, and we, we we are getting world champion, and then we come home, and everything is so normal as as usual, and kind of strange feeling. I don't know. It was a mixed feeling of happiness that I'm getting the title again, and also the, the sadness because it's over. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I I definitely understand. There's always a there's a time after you go to a tournament where you go back to real life and you're not in frisbee life anymore, <laughs> and you sort of like oh, you don't really know what to do. Definitely. So, what about you, Christian? How did you feel about this one? Yes, I felt like like Flo, almost the same. I think it was hard for for us to to keep the pressure in 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 this um, level to get the chance uh, again to win this title. I thought. Um, like Flo last year in New York was a special moment for us. This year we are, we were a little bit maybe cooler. I, I uh, think like Flo, it was um, the thing was so fast over and it it felt not like last year. Yeah, to compare like yesterday, like last year, but I, I think it's great to do it again with the same team and it's not not easy. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like the first one. There's always great feeling whenever it happens, but it's really hard to compare the first one to anyone after that. But at least you know it's not a fluke. You guys are for real. If you could repeat, you can practice that hard and repeat it again. You guys know that you're a world champion team. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, you guys you guys rocked the house once again. Congrats. That was just really, yeah, really fun you. to watch. Uh, talk a little bit about how you prepared for this world championship and um, tell us what went right during the preparations and then some of the struggles that you guys had during the preparation. And Flo, why don't you start this one? <clears throat> uh, we, we starting with the same concept and last year we started in at the beginning of the year and prepared for the Frisbee Cup with a four minutes routine. First of all, the, the same concept, um, we uh, choosing the music. That was the first big um, huddle of it because finding some good music that uh, fits to everybody was really hard. And we go directly in the, into the gym and practicing. We don't want to repeat the old routine. We want to build up something completely new. But we also have to be very quick because we don't have that much time until the Frisbee Cup started. So um, for the half of it was um, new, completely new moves, and the other half was moves from from the last season that we just used again and um, adjusted to the new music. So when we had the time to meet each other, then it was no no problem. We we were really quick in in um, practicing. Another problem was to find the dates where we all three have time to practice. Mm -hmm. I also can remember one day when we meet at nine o'clock a.m. in the morning, directly after breakfast. I've never played that early freestyle. <laughs> it was not that <laughs> natural feeling to to wake up and go for for uh, practicing. So, did you feel a lot of pressure to change your routine and to invent new moves for this uh, second for this year, Christian? Why don't you answer that? I think pressure, yes, for everyone. No? And we have some struggle. We have some discussion. And that's the problem of, of of us, that we are all good in the things and want to do the best uh, choreography ever. But we have a little bit more discussions than uh, 2016. I guess that's our problem. Everybody knows it better to make a compromise between all the three opinions. Uh, I think that's one of the hardest <laughs> things at practicing. Especially since you guys know each other all so well. There's a little bit more freedom to bring your opinion to the table when you 
are familiar yeah. with each other. Yeah. I mean, we always have the, the ambition to like do something completely new and not repeat the old routine. With three people, it's always uh, difficult and we know each other for very long and sometimes it can be very creative and very quick but also kind of a perfectionist and then someone says no we can't do it like this because it's not going to work it's not going to be beautiful or whatever so we had some some discussions which is normal and uh, yeah sometimes uh, the tone uh, if you while, while you're training is not the most um, how do you say uh, friendliest one that's why uh, nobody recognized this expect, except my partners but before the run and you know in final days you always get a little bit more sentimental and uh, at the turn I was. I, I just told him, sorry, guys, for all the bad things I said in the in the training time, and or I didn't say bad things, but the, probably the way I said it, because you you really it's exhausting, and sometimes it's not going smooth, or it's not going the way you would like it, and then you become really ugly. And so I already uh, yeah told them sorry for that. But I think it's a normal process, and we are still yeah we are a great team and. If you say we have a, a lot of pressure on us, it's also the pressure we, we put uh, on ourselves, by ourselves, because we want to make a great show. That's always our aim. So yeah. It's our own uh, decision. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think that is totally normal to have the creative process. It doesn't always go smoothly. And that's part of the challenge and part of your goals that you want to put out a really cool product. And so you're going to push yourselves. And with that comes sometimes some disagreement and compromise. And, and that's all part of the creative process. So why don't we finish up with the uh, that last question? Um, I'm going to start with you, Christian. <clears throat> Yeah, Christian, tell us a highlight from the performance of doing the routine in the finals and a highlight from the event overall. Let me think about it. Um, I think Alex ha had told it um, already now. Um, before we started the finals, we had uh, a little bit time to get together and speak together. And yeah, we get a little bit um, sentimental outside of the gym and it's not normal for the man but uh, we have a little bit cried about it or, or cried and then we came back into the gym i think that was a moment for me to get all the power in into the routine into the final last round and i i think it's it's hard but it's also great to start as a last team in the finals as a last team of the tournament and that was for me the the special moments yeah and uh, the other thing, the moments of the tournament, I think one of the special party was uh, in front of the restaurant on, on Friday with Piccio. It was a Piccio party. It was so cool to stay in front of the restaurant and it started spontaneously with a small box of music and uh, we get a great party, I think, with almost 25 people. That was a moment for me. And to see the Roberto brothers to, to get the finals with two teams, and I think that was a pleasure to see them. It was amazing yeah. to see the Roberto guys both make the finals, both teams make yeah. the finals, all four both of them. Teams, yeah. but, uh, we've been talking about them all year, and then poof, mm -hmm. they showed up and proved it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, Alex, go ahead. Um, yeah, in the routine, Christian already told you about this moment. I already told you. I think in the during the routine, it's just a great feeling to know the the audience. I think I especially felt it in the past routine uh, with Randy. That was a really like this routine was really a, a great moment for me. And the tournament itself, I think it had 
a lot of very nice frisbee typical frisbee family uh, moments i mean the crazy dancing party a silent party in the middle of the island uh, was <laughs> crazy on sunday night and also the picho silent party and um, another thing to mention was uh, when uh, joaquin played with his daughter i think this was a very nice moment for right. for all of us one very short and funny thing was also that our travel going home by car, uh, we had Pablo with us, which wasn't planned, but he was in our car going to Heidelberg with us. And then um, eventually at the border to Austria, we met the, the Polish guys and got in our car and went with us because they were hitchhiking. So <laughs> this was, it was really funny. Then the wait bus a, was wait full. A, wait a second. So the Polish, the Polish guys were hitchhiking and you guys went by them on the road? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, we great. picked them up. <laughs> yeah, the epitome of the frisbee family working together, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot uh, Svetlana from Munich. She was also in our bus. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a full bus. You guys could have had a hat tournament in the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Flo. What was your memories from the? Yeah, I guess the tournament. The others um, already told every every highlight. Big highlight was the jam after the tournament where everybody emptied their rest of capacity. It was inside the gym where it was really hot. Everybody was sweating. All the shirts was completely wet, but everybody go for the big things. And we had a great uh, jam there where everybody can go over their limit. Usually in the beginning of the tournament or during the tournament, everybody trying to manage the energy. At the end of the tournament, the, the greatest thing is the last jam where you take the last power of your body and, 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 and jam your head out. <laughs> That's yeah, this was a, a great, great jam, the last one. Yeah, that certainly was. Jake, did you get to get any of that last jam? I did, actually. Um, had a secret jam. There was a little wrestling mat upstairs. Oh, yeah. I went up there, and Matt and Ilka were up there. And so the three of us had a private jam with bare <laughs> feet for about 30 minutes, and it was really, really good. <laughs> wow, the, the secret jam. I had no idea. You guys are just awesome. That's all I'm going to say. I, I really had an amazing time with you guys, hanging out with you. I felt like oh, I was yeah. part of the part of the team. You guys let me in, and I uh, really appreciated that. And I just want to say congrats again on defending your title. Totally deserved, and I look forward to seeing what you guys create in the future. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you very much, much Randy. Welcome to the call, Lisa Hendricks and Bianca Strunz. You guys are the winners for Women's Pairs FPA Worlds 2017. So congratulations. Thank you. Let's just start off and ask you guys, what does this win mean to you? And uh, what was it like playing with uh, each other? And uh, Lisa, why don't you start? Um, well, it was uh, really fun um, teaming up with BB. Uh, first time I've ever played with a woman who's not an American. So that was a really nice thing, although a challenge because we live nine time zones apart from one another. <laughs> <laughs> so putting together a routine required some extra time on our part to um, get together, but we were able to do that before the event and we're able to put together a really nice routine and was really fun working together. Excellent. And BB, what does this uh, win mean for you? Yeah, well, so it was really, uh, it was so cool that Lisa said that in the end, or not in the end, but that when I 
really noticed that Lisa, while really play with me, I was completely like freaked out because Ilka in the last year she said, "No, I want to play with you now anymore. I need some changes." So I said, "Okay, hmm, I'm sad about this, but okay, I will." take a look what happened next and then I got this message from Lisa so in the beginning of this year it was and then I really was so so unbelievable happy and then she wrote as well that she will come to Berlin and visit me and then we really had these two days for working on this routine and it was really incredible so we really worked hard on it but with a lot of fun and the heat after I just came back from basic stoke where I won there with Juliana Corva. So this was really, it was really an unbelievable thing for me. And I'm so happy about uh, yeah, to have you, Lisa, as my partner. It was wonderful. You've had quite a role this year, uh, Bianca. You, you were on quite a winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised about what happened really as well. So yeah, you can say like that. I had won five times in a row. I never had this in my whole frisbee Uh, career or what so, yeah it was really unbelievable that's yeah that's pretty amazing yeah <laughs> congratulations <laughs> thank yeah. you indeed so bianca did you feel any pressure because lisa's lisa's a long time veteran she's one of the top women's players uh, in the world maybe of all time yeah. uh, did you feel any pressure playing with her or was it totally chill relax easy it was really this year was really for me completely like easy i took all these things really easy without any pressure anymore Uh, after the five time in a row each year uh, to have the second place at the Worlds, I was really then in Medellin, was so happy and there was a stone falling out, falling off from my heart. And then, yeah, and this year yeah, I was completely relaxed, chilled. I just said by myself, okay, cool that Lisa is coming to Berlin. So we will do the best what we can do in this uh, short time. And we did, yeah. And then uh, when the tournament started at, in the first round, I was quite feeling then a little bit nervous. Then felt kind of pressure on myself that I maybe lose uh, the the co-ops. This was my only thing in my mind. But there was uh, no other pressure on what I had this year. I have felt that many times. You walk out onto the field and all of a sudden you go, oh my God, what if I forget the first co-op? What if I, what if I just blank out and everything falls apart? Yeah. <laughs> We have all been there. <laughs> You're not yeah, alone. You can show. Um, and it, it doesn't matter if you've been playing for 40 years or 10 okay. minutes. Lisa, have you ever had that experience of kind of going brain dead and, and not knowing where you were? I, I, yeah, I mean, I've definitely had that happen. I think it's more, it happens more often after a drop or if something doesn't go quite like you'd planned, then suddenly the wrong person has the Frisbee and you're not sure what happens next. But usually one or one, it feels like one of the two partners usually knows what to do and, or just says, just do something, do something until we get back on track. Luckily that didn't happen to me and Bibi at all this year. I think she and I had two really pretty solid rounds where we were able to complete pretty much everything. We might have, in the wind in the first round, I think we weren't able to complete one of our co-ops just because we didn't have time. But um, other than that, everything went pretty well, I think. <laughs> we were pretty happy with it. I would say it went pretty well. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I saw you guys play both rounds, and they were both really well done and well played. So congratulations on, on that performance for sure. Thank Was there you. a moment during the performance when you guys thought, oh, yeah, we got this. We're in the zone. Now, in the final, on the final day, you mean? 
Yeah. Oh, you've been already. Uh, so with me, it was like it was a little bit sad that it was over, and it was like okay, we really did this, even if yeah, a little kind of pressure because we were the last team, of course. And then uh, after this, it just felt really, really good. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I wanna. It's over. I wanna play more. <laughs> Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. After yeah. it was done, it felt like there was still more to do. <laughs> yeah. And then we had on this evening, I remember we had incredible, oh, yeah, we had incredible gems this evening. It was awesome. <laughs> well, that's always a good sign when you walk off the field and you're like, boy, I felt like we were shredding and we should just keep shredding. Um, so can you guys talk a little bit about how you prepared for this <laughs> world championship and uh, tell us some of what went right? and some of what went wrong, and then how you felt leading into the competition. Yeah, we well, as Bibi mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I flew to Berlin, and we had two days to build our routine and practice it as many times as possible. And so we spent, uh, the first day we spent six and a half hours on the field at one time. <laughs> and then after that, we jammed at Temple Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a big day. <laughs> yeah, it was good because uh, we had already selected our music before we got together and had a music mix that we both were really satisfied with. So we didn't waste any time while we were together. So that was great. And that enabled us just to walk onto the field and put the music on, try to spontaneously come up with a few things and then start talking about what skills we had and what favorite moves we, we wanted to try to do together and what we liked and didn't like yeah but i have to say that it was so fast to get this whole routine together with you lisa it was a new thing for me uh, to play with such a great world champ player and it was really something different than i ever had before with all the routine building but it was such a pleasure and fun to play with you lisa and to figure out all the combos so fast <laughs> together. It was really so fast in these two days. And then we had this whole beautiful, unbelievable routine. Yeah, not able for me to watch it after this whole competition. So now I I get into it. I watched it twice now before we start now the, our conversation to get into it. And uh, what I can see there, it's really a beautiful, flowy routine that I'm really happy. And I'm really thankful for all this. For all the yeah. hours I had together with you, Lisa. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. I think, um, yeah, I also felt that it came together really quickly and it really helped that our skills were similar and matched and we had a similar idea of how, it, of how to groove to the music and wh what, yeah. when things needed to slow down and when things needed to be crushing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was really fun. We're going to wrap this up. And one question that I'd like to ask both of you, and Lisa, I'll start with you, is what was a highlight from the routine itself and what was a highlight from the event? Uh, well, the highlight from the routine is just really being able to work with BB and um, have a completely different experience. And I don't know, I think the joy for me was actually being able to travel to Berlin and be kind of a part of the Berlin group for a few days. And that, that was just really fun, just being a completely different environment and working with a new partner and having, you know, a really nice experience with, with that group. Um, and then in, in the 
at the event, I mean, it was really fun because I never felt really nervous at all playing with Phoebe. I felt like I could completely trust her to just do her really great hard moves. And I never had any concerns at all that she was not going to go out there and shred. So I just really felt very comfortable playing with her. When I look back, I just saw the video too, right before um, we got on the call. Clearly, I think that she was the was the best player between the two of us in the routine. Oh. She held us up and did some really hot moves. So that was great. So that was a highlight. And just knowing that we actually got to play everything that we planned was really felt, felt really great and really special for me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Bianca, will you tell us a highlight from your performance and then tell us a highlight from the event overall? So, yeah, as Lisa said already, the highlight of the performance of our routine was that everything worked out so really, really well. It was just, I just felt really comfortable and it went out really flowy. And so it was yeah, from itself a big highlight to play with Lisa. And yeah, I felt really comfortable when I went to the floor and when I threw the first double double disc throws then I was completely in my zone <laughs> it was just a big fat highlight yeah I felt so good it was such a great yeah, routine together with Lisa so it was all in all everything was a big fat highlight to play with her and the highlight of the event I have to say it was really like that that we had this incredible jam time there so for me it was really over the four days that I felt like I almost jammed with everybody. And this was a big, fat highlight. I think this is a super highlight for every jammer when they have time to shred with the others together. And I'm sorry for you, Jake. You had to work so hard and you didn't really enjoy the uh, many jams. But I had a jam with you on the last yes. day at the final. So yes, yes, at least. But really, this was a big, fat highlight that we had um, all this time in between to jam with the others. Well, thank you very much, ladies, for joining us on the call. And congratulations again. You guys shredded. And uh, we're mwah, really mwah, mwah. Thank, you. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Echo Jake, congrats very much. And I love your podcast music when it starts. I love it. Okay, bye. ciao. Bye. All right. Well, next up, we have the Mixed Pairs champion from FPAW 2017. We have... Lori Daniels and James Wiseman. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Yay, thank you very much. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, you're very yeah. welcome. Welcome to the podcast. You guys were you guys were shredding. You guys totally killed it out there. And uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, your routine was beautiful and uh, really stiff competition. I it was really kind of up in the air there with the the top three. And I was getting to do commentary with Jake. And so as we were doing the commentary live, it was like, wow, who is going to rise to the top? And, and it was you guys and you totally earned it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we worked pretty hard on that. James was really thoughtful to come to Portland, Oregon and uh, and actually spend an entire week. We actually developed our routine in between his uh, studying for the bar um, exam. So, uh, so he had a very full week in Portland, but, uh, every day we added a little, a little bit more and a little bit more and it just really came together. Um, and so James, I just got to say working with you was, was a real opportunity. It was a gift. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Lori. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we partnered well. 
we had the kind of the right uh, attitude coming into this. I mean, we knew that mixed pairs was, in my opinion, for a female jammer, female freestyle competitor, it is the hardest world title to obtain because everybody else is so good. <laughs> everybody else is so good. And, uh, and so you have the mix of the the best males and the best females in the same teams. And you're right, Randy, it could, it could have floated up. Anybody could have, could have come to the top. And uh, I just feel really fortunate that James and I held it together enough to do so. So Lori, uh, on that note, so what does winning this title mean to you? Oh, that's, that's a loaded question, Randy. Um, <laughs> it, it, it means a lot. I have been playing for over 30 years. Um, and actually, I was reflecting on um, how I learned how to freestyle was at Marion Washington College in this little field in the middle of all the dorms um, and classroom halls. And there was this ball circle in the middle of, of campus. And, um, and one of my classmates, Kent Burkle, who now lives in New Orleans, he actually was learning with Paul Hobson and, you know, a few other people um, how, to f- how to freestyle. And I was the only girl out there, right? I'm just a freshman, sophomore in college, and there's no other girls learning to freestyle, but all these guys were. And so he comes up to me and he says, I want you to learn how to nail delay because I might need a mixed pairs partner. And it never occurred to me to play with other women because I didn't know any other women who freestyled yet. I hadn't met Mandy Carrero or Lori Zanicki yet. Um, it, that's how far back this goes uh, to 1981 um, when I first started learning how to uh, nail delay. I've partnered with the world's best men, period. I mean, just like I'm always uh, proud of announcing my this year's partner and people typically are like, wow, that's cool. And it is cool. It is cool to learn from every single one of my partners. But it is it, this is particularly special because um, I just know how hard it is. It really is hard to uh, to actually come out slightly ahead of multi-world title holders. It just it, it, it's a dream come true. Well, that's awesome. And uh, I can see why it means so much. So, James, I'm going to ask you the same question. What does this victory mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it means a whole lot to me. First, it completes a career sweep that I didn't really expect to happen, at least this soon. And I think mixed more than even the other divisions is a kind of gift that someone has to give you. So, you know, in every division, you need a partner who wants to play with you and put in the work and you need them to get out there and tread. But mixed is especially hard because I can't just go play mixed. I can't just demand a partner and do it. I need someone who wants to ask me. And I actually remember when Lori first called me, I thought she was calling to scold me about something, and she actually did. So the first 20 or 30 minutes of our conversation, she was scolding me about something. I remember some FBA matter. And then at the end, she was like, by the way, do you want to play mixed this year? And I remember thinking, <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I wanted you to call. We should have just started there. And, moved. and I was thinking in my head, like, if this scolding had gone the other way... I had responded to it differently, which you had just been like, well, forget that. I'm not playing with that jerk. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm really grateful that Lori asked me. Um, I haven't been asked to play mixed a lot before. And it's especially special having to be her because she's been one of my longtime mentors in the sport, not just as a player, but also in the FBA and in life in general. So it's been, it's been really great to play with her. Wow. Thank you. Thanks, James. I'm getting warm fuzzies over here. So just to provide a little filler, the juncture where I thought, oh, maybe I could actually ask him to play mix with me was after James 
was apologetic. I mean, he, he didn't really mean to, to uh, upset me in any way. And actually, he wasn't the one that was upsetting me at the time, but he took some ownership of it for whatever reason. But so he's like, well, you know, if there's anything I can do to make up for this, then just tell me. And I said, how about if we play mixed pairs sometime together? And he said, I would love to. Thanks for asking. So uh, I'll have you answer first, James. So uh, how did you guys prepare for this World Championships and talk about what went right and what went wrong and then how you felt coming into the competition. You know, I guess it started like I think a lot of routines start just talking over email about what kind of music we wanted to use. And I think a lot of people have different approaches to that. But I always try and think that whoever is sending me a music idea probably has a good reason for it. And I should try and hear what they hear in it. So Larry sent me a few ideas. And the one that I really like was the one we ended up playing with, which is Woman, Woman. I think even when I got to Portland, we weren't sure we were going to play to that, but we just sort of listened to it a few times and we were in Jake and Lori's living room and we started building some co-ops and it felt really comfortable and it seemed like the right choice for us. And I don't know, we just, we just started working every afternoon. Uh, I was studying for the bar, as Lori mentioned, and Jake was actually dealing with some household problems that they had. So everyone was really busy. We went out every afternoon and practiced for, I'd say, an hour or two. I don't know, Lori, you can jump in, but I, I thought we came up with things pretty quickly and we didn't have too much butting heads. It was a pretty smooth process. I think the only hitch was Lori was really having trouble remembering everything. And I remember being a little worried because even up till the world championship, she would forget some things. But then in this sort of miraculous series of efforts, she managed to really learn it all. And I remember the day of the finals, she was just chanting it back to me perfectly. And she remembered it, you know, even better than I did. So really, thanks to Lori for putting in all that effort, because I know it wasn't easy to remember all that with all this other stuff going on. Weren't some of your co-ops named Bad Memory 1 and Bad Memory 2? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we started out with one co-op called Bad Memory. <laughs> and by the end, we had a couple called Bad Memory, which certainly didn't help, because once you have multiple co-ops called Bad Memory, they cease to signal what the co-op is. I would not agree, because he catches a bad attitude beforehand, always forgot the co-op right afterwards. And so he says, I don't know what we're going to call and I said, I think bad memory would be appropriate. So then we, we called it bad memory. So we have a co-op named Bad Memory 1 and Bad Memory 2 because I kept blocking on what the next co-ops were. And he had just had a bad attitude prior to that. So that was supposed to be my clue. This is one of the more co-op intensive routines that I think I've ever been involved in, in terms of like memorizing exactly which hand I'm supposed to grab the disc with and where my positioning is supposed to be and the music being redundant enough where sometimes I would mix up where we were, like which part of the routine are we in. And so I made a commitment, a huge commitment, uh, especially as we were developing, I you know, tried to figure out some ways of, of remembering, you know, oh, yeah, that's this and that's this and that's, this is where we do this, because this was the routine that I had to, I had committed most of the time with and, and, and energy that it was my responsibility to actually know our mixed routine better than him. So you knew not to be worried about it. And I wasn't. So, it was great. Was... One other thing we tried, <laughs> just for anyone out there, that I think helped Lori, but she can say otherwise, is once all the co-ops had a name, when we would do it, I tried to make a little story that included all the different names of the co-ops that had some kind of vaguely logical coherence. So I think there was some storyline or... We got married and we had some tough times and then we started to feel a little better. 
and then I got sick, and there was this whole <laughs> narrative we created that kind of fit all the names of the co-ops in it that I think might have helped a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was brilliant. So for me, when I write, when I have to memorize a routine or really put together, I I use Excel. So I put all of the routine on the left hand column, all of the words in the next column next to it, all the lyrics to the song, if there are lyrics, and then all the time codes. And then the fourth column, I added my little version of the story. I added a whole storyline in the, in the fourth column, which I'd never done before. Uh, so let's wrap it up with one more question. Why don't you go first, Laurie? So tell us a highlight from your performance with James, and then tell us a highlight from the event overall. Uh, a highlight for the actual routine with James in the finals is when um, it's almost a free throw that I do. Uh, with two hands, I just launch it up in the air on this one note, and he did a, an amazingly beautiful spinning, leaping, flying guidance, I think. Or was it a barrel um, guidance? If I remember it a barrel right. guidance? Do you remember, was, James? It's yeah. a barrel guidance. It was a great moment. And we've been practicing that. He kept coaching me exactly where he wanted it. And um, I delivered when I needed to. And it was absolutely amazing. And it was gorgeous. Um, but also another highlight of, I'd say, FKA World for me was my partnership with Anna Blue, Anna Merlot. I mean, she ended up becoming just this real, like, surprise individual uh, in, 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 I think, our life, Jake. You know, if you think about it, she... Uh, she would drive over to our apartment every morning and drag all of the live stream stuff in her little car, Dory. She had a terrific attitude as we developed our uh, women's pairs routine. And uh, she is just um, a sponge for learning more freestyle. And uh, I don't think I was expecting me to um, connect with her the same way. You know, I just, you know, because I, I, I knew that I was going to like her. But I didn't know I would just like really, really adore her. So anyway, I think that that was like a, a beautiful little uh, surprise gift at the FTA World this year for me was, uh, was partnering with the lovely Anna Blue, also known as Anna Malone. All right, James. So why don't you give us uh, your highlight from the routine and also a highlight from the actual event itself? Yeah, I guess from the routine, I also really like that moment where Lori gives me that quick set. It's actually a, a move that we did in 2014 spontaneously. I remember Lori just gave me this set that was a really quick two-handed quick toss set. And I remember thinking, that's my favorite set. And I don't get it very often. Just that real easy, light set to a catch to someone else downwind. And I'd definitely never done a barrel guide us like that off of it. But somehow the perfection of the set and the intensity of the competition, I ended up hitting that move, which I guess for a lot of people isn't that hard, but especially when we did it that first time, it was really hard for me. And it's one of those weird moments where you learn something new in competition, which I think happens amazingly often given how little time we compete, but how much at least I find myself learning through spontaneous competition. So I was really excited that we got to revisit that and kind of plan it out. And Laurie gives a great set. It's a once we started doing it planned, I realized that it's actually kind of a slightly non-intuitive set because I had to ask her to set it you know, way further away from my body than I think anyone would think to. But that let me really leap into it. So I was really happy that she could get that every time. And then as far as my favorite moment in Udine, I'm sure other people have said this, but the new players were really amazing. Uh, Roberto, Andrea, Filippo, Edo, and Matteo. Kuba and some of his new Polish crew, Dylan from Karlsruhe. I mean, this was probably the first 
at least Worlds, but maybe really one of the first tournaments that I've gone to where I didn't feel like the new player anymore. I wasn't even the youngest player anymore. It's just, I was in jams where I was the oldest guy there. And I remember, you know, Randy likes to tell the story about me coming up to him and introducing myself and saying, hi, Mr. Sylvie, nice to meet you. But it was, there was something like that, but it was flipped, where people were coming up and talking to me in this way that I'd never experienced before. And I had to say, you know, like, I'm just a kid like you, and I feel like I just started. And it was cool. And it, it was also the first time I got to see myself in my own game and other players, which is pretty special. That's great. Old man, wise man. I'm, I'm, I'm entering in the middle <laughs> ages of freestyle, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's another another youngin, too, from Milano, Francesco. Oh, uh, yeah. Who, I met him in Britannia. He's amazing. Yeah. I mean, really super deep pockets. So, yeah, I would say that was such a joy to see all that young energy going on. So I concur with you. I'm sure I missed others, but I will say about Francesco, I, I traded away a good deal of wealth to get the Francesco trading part at Jam Britannia. So I definitely respect his game and can't wait to see what he comes up with. Well, hey, guys, it was really a joy to watch your routine. Um, I'm so happy for you guys and your victory. And I just want to say you guys were freaking awesome. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're getting a chance to actually um, reflect about our experiences here on Shooting the Frisbees. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for inviting us. You guys also sponsored us, gave us some nice shirts for the tournament really appreciate it super proud to be sporting frisbee guru around the world and hoping for a long future of frisbee guru we're right there with you james we're hoping for a long future too and uh, we really appreciate your support yeah thank you very much and we're gonna have to say goodbye and we will see you soon bye guys thank okay. you so we're here with the open pairs winners for fpa worlds 2017 ryan young and james wiseman welcome to the show guys Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Randy. I'm so happy to have you guys uh, on the podcast. And, and Ryan, I'm so happy for you and your your first world title. It was such a joy to watch your joy. And James and you together as a team were just a beautiful pairing. So congratulations on that exceptional performance. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you guys definitely uh, key off of each other. You're both just... Uh, super technical shred masters and so with the two of you together just makes an incredible pair it sort of reminded me of uh, arthur coddington and dave lewis back in the days it's just diff 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 and more diff i loved it i'll start with you ryan so what does this win mean to you is it your first one uh, and what was it like to win with james uh well i think james was the best person to win with i had a lot of what would it be like in the moment what i felt was much different i thought it would be like this overwhelming feeling of awesome, but it was definitely relief that I felt at the end. Yeah, all that hard work, like all the practices, meeting up and like study tapes and doing ballet and gymnastics, it all kind of paid off. Yeah, you know, Ryan, I remember there was a point in the routine, it was towards the end in the finals, and you were required to do a flaw off of one of James's sets. And it was probably at the three and a half minute mark. And you hit it. And I just watched you give this extra like fist pump. Like you went, that was my last hard hurdle. And I, I can feel it. And I was just so great. Do you remember that moment? I do remember that. I remember we were scrambling a little bit because we had the disc in the reverse order than we normally do. There was like those like make it or break it moments because it was half a beat early on the music. And I was like, do I go for the optional 
extra brush tip to get to the music or do I just catch it right now and hit the flaw as hard as I can? I was like, I'm going to hit it right now. Yeah. And you crushed it. And then just that extra little fist, I was like, oh my God, they got it. And it was so cool. Uh, so James, can you talk a little bit about uh, what it means to you and what it was like to win with Ryan? Yeah. I mean, this one means a lot to me. I feel the same way as Ryan and sense of feeling a lot of relief. I sort of worried that open pairs would always elude me. I've come really close a couple times you know, maybe more important of all is I'm really happy to win with Ryan. You know, he's my best friend. And and I remember one moment in particular when we were warming up on the finals day. You know, I was getting a little nervous. And I don't know why I did this because normally I try not to talk to my partner in case they are getting in the zone. And I said something to Ryan like, well, you know, we always have next year, too, because we were, we're planning on playing again. And Ryan looked at me and he just said, I can't even think about that. <laughs> I remember I, I kind of had this sinking feeling, but it also kind of reassured me because I, I knew Ryan really believed that we could win. And, you know, I had been getting myself to that place that I think is really important for me in competition to just knowing that I'm going to win. It meant a lot seeing that Ryan was there too. And yeah, I mean, Ryan, I've always thought was the most deserving freestyler out there and he finally got it and I got to do it with him. So it was really special. And what wise words from Ryan to keep you in the moment. You were about ready to let yourself slip out of that game and go into next year. And Ryan was like, "Uh uh-uh, you stay right here with me, Mr. Wise Man. We've got work to do. This is Ryan's title in so many ways. Like, you know, we played every tournament this year, and I think Ryan dropped it like four times. You know, he just didn't really drop it. He shredded and, you know, he kept it together. It was amazing watching him. So it's interesting that you guys both mentioned a feeling of relief. Was it relief that all the work paid off or relief that you finally got open pairs? What was that? Where does that come from? I think it was mostly the work paying off. Everyone's ex- expectation was for us to win. Like It wasn't like those Disney movies where they are the underdog and they're coming in and they defeat the champions. No, we were the champions and we had to win this one. That's how I felt going in. So it sounds like you were you were feeling... Like, you guys should win, you've done the work, you, you're you on the course, everyone expects you to win, and then you did it. There was no disappointment. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of pressure when you're expected to win, you know, you've got to come through. So interesting that the relief was more than the joy. That pressure must have been pretty intense for you. Definitely was, yeah. Yeah, I definitely I remember the same way. I remember warming up. It was a long time. I remember standing up to warm up around Team 3. And just walking in circles, like doing a double-double every two minutes or so just to stay warm. Just watching the routines go one after the other and being like, like my mind would kind of drift, like totally would drift off and be like, well, there's always next year. But then I'd be like, no, can't think about that. It's like, it's right now. It's coming up. I'm going to catch the next double. And like, that's all I, that's what I would think about for (laughs) that hour. Yeah, I mean, I also felt a lot of pressure. I did get to win. My first two wins were kind of underdog stories where I don't think a lot of people thought we could win. And, you know, as I've gotten better, what's been weird is I think I'll still always feel like the new player and kind of feel like I'm fighting to show what I can do and what I want to be able to do. It's weird having all that pressure on you, especially when you don't feel the way about your game like other people perceive it. So sometimes I get, you know, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but. You know, I'm just a guy and I play Frisbee and I love playing Frisbee, but, you know, I don't spend a lot of time 
I don't know, like, I spend a lot of time trying to be the best, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking that I'm the best. And when other people think that I am or think that I think I'm the best, I feel this huge pressure to perform and do well. It can be really a struggle. So I feel with Ryan, I just felt relief. And it almost took away from the joy. I was trying to show the joy that I remember having in my first two wins, but it wasn't quite there just because it was I was so overwhelmed with relief. I don't know, maybe that's too too dark, but that's... No, I think that's, I think that's really cool. I think that, thank you guys for sharing that insight. I, I think both Jake and I can probably relate a little bit to that experience. So I, I'm really happy you guys shared that. Definitely. Uh, So how did you guys prepare for this world championships and talk about what went right, what went wrong and how are you feeling as you entered into the competition? Well, our strategy this year was to build the abuse routine is what we called it. Why? Uh, Because... We were going to take the judging system and figure out what is the best way to acquire points. And that's what we were going to do. You're using the judging system. Yeah. Okay. So we noticed that diff is the most important thing. For one, you have the one and a half multiplier, which makes it important. Also, the other two categories are kind of, they follow along with diff. Like if there's a player hitting really hard moves and catching, you're going to get a high X score and a high AI score just automatically. Those are the trends we noticed. And so when we were building the routine, we're like, what's the hardest move we can hit here every time? Or like, what move looks very hard, but we can hit it every time? And that was our mentality as we were putting pieces together. So Uh, it's interesting because you're talking about moves that look hard, but you can hit every time. Was there a, how would you, how do you pick moves like that? Or how would you categorize moves like that? I would say in general, not everyone thinks guidance is 100%, but I feel like my guidance is 100%. So definitely add the guidance to the list, things like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a lot about really going through that risk-reward analysis. So just take an easy example. We talked a lot about, Ryan and I, about sort of like triple versus double versus single. Like I can go for a triple barrel guidance and hit it let's just say 20% of the time, and I'd probably get a 10 for that. But I could probably hit a double spinning barrel guidance 85% of the time and get a 9 or a 10 anyways. So why put in a triple when a double is going to do most of the work and be much more consistent? And we kind of went through an analysis like that for everything. And I think it sounds a lot more cerebral than it was. I mean, we were definitely just we were sitting there coming with ideas that we thought worked and worked with the music, but we really pushed ourselves to saying, can you hit this every time? And what's so nice about working with Ryan is in a lot of routine building situations, there's sort of an uncomfortableness with talking to your partner about your partner's weaknesses and what they may not be hitting. But with Ryan and I, we were both really comfortable being like, hey, you know, I don't think that one's there yet. Why don't we try this? And Ryan was super honest with me about what I wasn't hitting and vice versa. So I think that really worked to our advantage and it was nice that it didn't have to be awkward we could just talk about it and, and make it happen i'm curious did you guys were you guys cognizant of the 15 second blocks did you actually say okay this is the diff that we're going to do in this 15 second block or did you just kind of let that be organic yeah so we definitely tried to initially in fact we tried to pick a song that had ending points on the 15 second mark not really working out. It's already hard enough to find music, let alone music that happens to follow that pattern. At the same time, we certainly made sure we spread our difficulty out. 
a lot of teams tend to pack it into a, a few different blocks. You know, a lot of this ended up not really filtering its way into competition where so many things can change. You know, we tried to make sure that we didn't have, you know, three double spinning catches in 15 seconds because to us that was just sort of a, a waste. And there'd be a lot of times where we'd sit there and we'd say, okay, this block is already should be close to the higher end of the disc scale. So let's scale it back for the rest for the rest of this block. Let's keep it simple and solid so that we can really hit it. Certainly, we try to focus on putting the best points at the end of the 15-second block, thinking that judges are going to see that last move and that's going to color what they remember about the whole block. So, Ryan, I'm wondering if you can give me a highlight from the routine itself and at the event itself. A highlight from during the routine. So towards the end, right around when that flawed moment happened, I had one last indie. And I remember we were off on the music and I heard the, I could tell that the music was building and it was like the music cues coming up. And I had the disc and I had a bunch of spin left. I was like, what do I do here? Because normally I'm doing something else. And I was like, I'm going to hit a double barrel here because that is so solid. Like I felt so confident in that moment that at the double barrel was the right move for that moment and like set it and like hit it and I was that was the correct decision uh, in terms of the tournament overall I would say the first night we were there we didn't really know the town and it was I think Jake Laurie and me just out on the town looking for dinner and we walked into this tiny I don't know you like walk down and there's tables there and they spoke no English and we we're just kind of like ordering by pointing at things and they brought out the pasta and that was the best food I've ever eaten in my life. And I was like, this is what I came for. That was crazy because the, the wait staff was all about making it a family experience. They wanted us to share and being there and we were the only people there, but they don't speak English and we don't speak Italian. So they're talking to us and they're giving us bread and snacks and then they bring out a bottle of wine. We're like, but we didn't order wine. Oh no, no, it's okay. So as we were leaving, uh, we said, thank you. We start to walk out and the owner runs out from the back, grabs my hand, shakes my hand, and then runs over to the bar and pours out some chocolate liqueur and pours one out for each of us. And then he's like, let's take shots together or whatever he says in Italian. I'm like, oh my God, we just want to go home. And he was just so excited to have us there. <laughs> it, was, it was very cool. So uh, James, will you tell us about a highlight from your performance with Ryan? And you already answered the other question when you were with Lori, but if you have another one you want to talk about, that'd be great. So as far as the routine with Ryan, this is kind of a cheesy answer, but seriously, watching Ryan was probably the highlight of the routine. I kind of had a tough weekend, I thought. It was sort of a weird experience winning because I never felt like I really played that comfortably or that confidently. I was pushing back a lot and still not really hitting what I wanted. But at the same time, I had that great feeling that you sometimes get in a round where you see your partner just shredding and you know that you can totally relax and lay back and all you need to do is catch some really basic stuff it was cool because you know as i played you know my early days i was super lucky i got to play with you know both of you jake and randy you know my first couple years and matt and paul had a long development of being carried and lately it's kind of been in shifting so it was nice to go back to this moment of being like oh well this is not really my show this is ryan's and i can just relax and you know try and hold it together and he's gonna pull me to where i want to be so that was pretty great another special moment i'm i keep sort of picking the same kind of thing but 
Rovereto in various iterations had like two or three routines that were totally spectacular. And I remember I remember actually judging one, and this happens to me a lot, where a kind of new team comes up, and I think to myself, what if you know Jake and Matt had done that exact same thing? And then I try and score it, and I realize that they objectively had an amazing round. And I was just giving them these super high scores, and everyone looking at me, and I was like, let's just talk about what they did. They just did stuff that I've never seen before. They had this one co-op with like four or five double leg overs that was over one of the Roboroto guys. I think it was like Filippo jumping over Edo, and it ended with like a spinning barrel guidance, and it made no sense that there was still spin on the disc, and they had this really cool funk music. And yeah, those guys just had a few electrifying rounds. The Andrea and Matteo also did. But it was cool. I remember I said this, I think, a few times that weekend. It's like, those guys are just waiting to dominate. It's like, we got to win now. So that was was pretty cool. So I'm excited to see what they do. We got to win now. Time is running out. You weren't kidding, Ryan. Like, this is it. Right here. This is our year. (laughs) Your time is over. They should just wear shirts that are like a countdown. (laughs) This is how much time you all have left before it's all over. (laughs) The Roveretto clock. Yes. (laughs) Like the doomsday clock. Oh, Lord. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. It's really been great talking to you and uh, well done. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Talk to you later. All right. Well, that was great. I'm so glad we were able to connect with all of the 2017 champs, and I'm really grateful that they all joined us for the podcast. Um, I guess that leads me to one last question for you, Jake. What was your highlight of 2017 FPA Worlds? Wow. Well, that's a very good question. I uh, mentioned earlier the little sequester jam that I had uh, with Matt and Ilka, which actually expanded to eventually include James and then Graf. And we just had a really good time up there. Uh, We had a little more space and we're just shredding. But I'm going to say, actually, that wasn't the best moment. The best moment was seeing the look on Lori's face when she won, because I know how hard she's been working to get her mixed pairs title. And I have a really good photograph of her just like in tears with a huge smile and everyone's hugging her. And uh, that made me feel so happy to see her get that. So that's my, that's my best moment of the event. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's really great. What about you, Randy? What's your highlight from the event for you? Oh gosh, there was, there was really a lot. Uh, really had a great time playing with Alex Leist and uh, of course, James and Ryan. It actually, one of my highlights, it actually isn't in Udna. It was actually the, the, the ride, the getting to there. I actually stayed in Karlsruhe and drove down in a van with the, the Karlsruhe guys. And it was just so great. We were laughing the whole way and singing and just goofing off. And it was just like this hilarity and uh, really gave me a great insight into who those guys are. And they were just, they, they welcomed me into their team. So that was, that was a highlight for me. Well, uh, I guess we got to wind it up. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to go see the videos of the people that you've just heard us interview, they're all up live on Frisbee Guru, and uh, we're going to be posting the rest of the videos from Semis pretty soon. Uh, so that's about it. All right. Well, hey, Jake, it's been a pleasure once again, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, talk to you soon, Randy. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us, 
or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the frisbees and live